0: Amen. We have three songs in the Grogan household when we have birthdays. We sing happy birthday. And then we sing how old are you? How old are you? How old, how old, how old are you? And the other one we sing may the dear Lord bless you. Dear Lord bless you. May the dear Lord, may the dear Lord, may the dear Lord bless you. Have you ever heard that song before? That's a Grogan tradition. Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Exodus chapter 6, 1 through 9. Hallelujah. See, all these babies around here, we're having revival one way or another. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Exodus chapter 6, 1 through 9. God bless you. I'll let you sit. Amen. Let's read this to the Lord. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. Thank God that many times that God will stop and just say, hey, I'm God. (laughs) That's what he said. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and to Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I've also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant, I've remembered my agreement. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God which brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an inheritance I am the Lord and Moses spake so unto the children of Israel but they hearkened not somebody say they hearkened not they didn't listen unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage I want to talk tonight I will not be lengthy tonight someone said when you run out of soap quit rubbing and others have said that they've never heard a short one they didn't like. So we're going to try to keep it short tonight. Amen. I, I remember in Bible college, uh, they uh, told us uh, the three S's. And that was to stand up, speak up, and when you are done, shut up. And uh, so we didn't use that words growing up. That was a bad word. So we just say, be quiet. Amen. But there was also another meth- method, and that's the KISS method. For all you Bible scholars, and that's keep it simple, but we won't use the other S word. Amen, because that's a bad word. But tonight, I want to talk to you about something that every one of us at one time or another has encountered, and that is discouragement. As anybody, Christmas time, there is a wonderful uh, Christmas movie Uh, that plays, and I believe it's called It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody remember uh, who uh, the, the main character was? George, George Bailey. And there was an angel. Anybody know the angel's name? Clarence, Sister Darlene has watched that movie. And so the angel Clarence had to go down to see George Bailey Because he had a disease and that disease was, he was discouraged. And so I want to talk to you tonight about discouragement, about bad days, about days that are so bad that sometimes it's truly hard to hear from God. All of us at one time or another has had a bad day. Someone said you're either having a bad day or you're getting ready to go into a bad day. And many times we can't control what we face or what comes our way, but we can control how we react to it. But a lot of us face difficult times where it's difficult to pray, difficult to hear God speak, difficult when you see everybody else Loving God and getting the blessings and you're like, what about me? It's <laughs> my name Skippy? Everybody else is talking about how great it is. But it's not that great right now because of life, because of circumstance. Anybody's ever had a bad day before? I think we all have. Face times of discouragement. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is a comforter that helps us in times of discouragement. But there are times when you get discouraged that you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to listen to anybody. You don't want to be around anybody. You want to turn this thing off. Sometimes you just want to throw it. You want to break it, but you remembered how much you pay for these dumb things now. I was just talking to a buddy of mine back in the day. When these things first came out, they were giving them away. Or 50 bucks or 100 bucks and they were yours. And now they're like, oh, you don't have to pay your thing right now. We'll just set you up on a payment plan. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not too smart, but if you're putting me on a payment plan, you're telling me I have to pay for this phone. And I said, at $30, times 24 payments, that's eight $900 for this phone. So if I get mad and discouraged, I can't throw this thing. I'm going to find that old rotary phone that none of you know anything about a rotary phone. I remember those phones. I remember dialing. And I'd get to the very last one and I'd go the wrong number. I'm like, Oh, I've got to do it again. I won't throw those kind of phones. But there are times when you're discouraged. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to be around anybody. You're just having a bad day. So I want to tell you what I know about discouragement. Okay? Number one, everybody gets discouraged. Isn't that comforting to know? It really... I don't know why we are the way we are, but when we're going through something, nine times out of ten, if you're sharing your sad story with one another, what are they going to do? They're going to share their sad story with you. We just, it's like misery loves company, but everybody gets discouraged, it's universal. Everybody, it doesn't matter where you come from or how old you are, but every one of us gets discouraged. In fact, let's take a poll today. How many of you have been discouraged at least once in your life? How many got discouraged today? (laughs) Now that's discouraging. (laughs) We look around because we get discouraged. Now, this one's going to blow your mind about discouragement, okay? Number two, discouragement is contagious. When I start telling you about all the junk and I get around discouraged people, man, it makes me feel discouraged. When I get around people that say, man, this is bad, and, and, you know, it's a chicken little, the, the, you know, sky's falling, and we're like, really? Sky's not falling. Discouragement is contagious. And really it's it's discouraging to even have to talk about discouragement. But discouragement, I'm going to tell you this, will keep you from being truly effective for God. Discouragement will keep you away from your miracle. When we're discouraged, it's almost safe to say that we are not what we could be. Not only for God, but we're not what we could be for our fellow man. When we're discouraged, the only thing we see, it's like we've got our blinders on and we can't see anybody else. We can't help anybody else because we're discouraged. Mary Bethune made this statement, neither God nor man can use a discouraged person. Number four, discouragement has a tendency to cause us to isolate ourselves and focus on ourselves. Because when we focus on where we are, we're unable to help anybody else. Discouragement is a temporary loss of perspective. When anybody's discouraged, I promise you they'll have a temporary loss of perspective. Their focus has begun to be misdirected. They are focused either upon their problems or or upon themselves, or having a pity party, or whatever it is. But I do know this, when you and I are discouraged, we have lost perspective. We have gone from spiritualized to selfishized. We've gone from eternalized to temporalized. And all of a sudden, we have lost our perspective. Because now, it's no longer who we can help, it's now Oh my, oh my, what am I going to do? That's what happened in Exodus 6. We read that. We read that God, number one, heard their cry. Thank God for a God that hears our cry. When things get rough and and there are times when when I get sick and and my wife knows it, maybe some of you know it. When I get sick, I'm a baby. Okay? Okay. Very first time, maybe first year of our marriage I got sick. And my wife was she walked in the room and she's like, You're no fun when you're sick. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> the sky's falling. When I'm sick, I'm a baby. I really am. I'm like, you know, just, just take me now. <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm going through. It's just like that. But there's something about that. There's something about it's the same thing with discouragement. Because you could only figure on yourself. But when you start crying out with God, it's kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said 12 long years she what? She suffered. She got worse. And she spent all that she had. And all of a sudden she had an idea. Things can't get any worse. If I could just touch him, if I could just touch Jesus, I know he can make me whole. Something about when we get just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sick and tired of being in that rut. Sick and tired of just the same mundane problems and obstacles, and it's and it's discouraging. And so we cry out God, can you help? Me? God I'm in need of your help that's what George Bailey did George Bailey made a cry to the heavens and guess what the Lord heard it and brother Clarence came down to help George and George is like what are you doing here and Clarence is like you called for my help He's like, Well, I didn't call for you. Many times, when we're calling out for help to God, God will send us a brother. He'll send us a sister. He'll send us a total stranger to try to give us a word, to try to somehow help us. And many times, if we're not careful, like the children of Israel, because all they saw was their problem. Bible said they groaned and they complained because of all the bondage they were under. God told Moses to go and speak to them and say, I'm gonna get you out of this. But because it was so bad when the preacher got there and said, Hey, God's the way out. God's the way maker. He's the chain breaker. He can help you. They're like, I'm not going to hearken unto that. And when God has sent someone your way to help you, you're like, I'm not waiting for Eddie. I need the pastor to pray for me. I don't want Bubba to come by. I need the pastor to come by. Can I just give somebody a 411? You have the same power I do. Okay, if that doesn't mean much, you have the same power the disciples had. You have the same Holy Ghost power as the Apostle Paul had. You've got that power. When you find somebody hurting, pain, in discouragement, or go to Words, Brother Victor is this Hey I'll be praying for you Hey Keep you in my prayers Why don't we Stop that kind of words And say you're struggling Let's talk about it And Listen God's given you two Ears And one mouth I think there's a point there We ought to do more listening than we do speaking. We need to keep that little red devil behind the white pearly gates and just listen. And while you're listening, listen. Don't get your phone and record the conversation. And then after you leave, you know what he said? That's that's not how it works. How it works is, I hear you struggling. I hear you going through problems. Guess what? God's going to get you out of it. God got me out of it. Bible says we're saved by the blood of the Lamb, but also by the word of our testimony. And understanding that, that God, I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect, but you still can be used by God. Bible says that in, 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 in the disciples' days, that they took note that these ignorant fishermen had been with Jesus. They had no idea how they knew what they knew. They had no idea the power they had and where they got it from. But somehow, they knew they were with Jesus. There's a world that just needs to know that you're connected with him. And when he starts pouring out his stuff, listen and then say, Hey, I want to pray for you because I believe that God can can, can help you and God can make a way. Uh, Would you be okay right now for me to pray right here or do we want to go somewhere else to pray? Ask them a question. They're they're trying their best to get out of discouragement. Don't just let discouragement be contagious. Turn that around. Because I don't know about you, but ain't nobody got time to birth more discouragement. I don't want it. If you start to become negative, I'm turning that around. I'm going to bring positive in there because God can get you out of it. And if you don't believe it, and that's why the Bible says another passage that don't cast your pearls before, I'm not calling you a pig. But if you don't want this, I'm going to help you. i love to pray for you. Can I pray for you? If they give me permission, then I'm going to lay my hands, I'm going to pray for them. Like I did today. I mean, all these guys laying their hands on this guy, he's sick. And they weren't saying anything. I wasn't the leader, but I just said, boldness came on. I just, I mean, I felt the Holy Ghost. I was talking about G, and I concluded, by the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. And and hallelujah. And they're like, whoa. And and as I was praying, they're like, hmm. So I got a choir behind me. But listen, if they don't want you to pray for them, say, okay, if you need anything from me, I've got your answer. Now, I'm going to shake the dust off my feet. I love you, but now I'm going to find somebody else that needs some help. Don't let one discouragement stop you from still ministering, Because God's given everybody a purpose. God's giving everybody a ministry. The problem is, is when you've knocked on that door and, and, and they shut that door in your face because you were trying to pass out an a, 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 a invitation for them to come to church and they said, I don't want you here. And they, our immediate reaction is like, ooh, I'm knocking, knocking on another door. But what we've got to do is, hey, that one said no. But this one may say yes. This one may not want it. But this one may want it. I'm not going to let this guy's discouragement contaminate me. It's going to fire me up and say, hey, somebody really wants this. You can turn this around. And there are times, listen to me. There are times that God will not send anybody your way to encourage you. That's sad right there. And you're praying, Brother Calvillo, and you're saying, God, send Clarence. Clarence ain't coming. Pastor ain't coming. And don't get mad if Pastor doesn't come. You know, there are people that they will call and say, well, I can't believe Pastor didn't come to the hospital. And pray for me. Well, you never called and told me you were in the hospital. You know, I'm not on a cloud where, you know, I'm looking up and If you need my help, call me. Okay? But listen, sometimes God won't send someone your way. And that's why David made up his mind I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. When I'm discouraged, and we all face discouragement, bad things happen to good people. I, I have no idea why. But I do know this God is always good. God is always fair. God is always just. She may not like me. She may not like me. But you know what? I'm going to do my best to love God and and, and connect with Him and not let them discourage me. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And I'm going to say, God, I, I don't deserve to be here. I've made a mess out of life. I've got family and friends that have no idea the lifestyle that I chose. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Can I tell you, I'm way off my notes, but that's okay. But can I tell you, when you make a commitment to live for God, there are going to be haters in your life. Really are. There are going to be naysayers in your life. When I got this revelation, see, I, I was messed up as a kid. I was messed up culturally because I was raised with my mother and her side was devout Catholic. And then every other Sunday, I went with my dad on Sunday to Pentecostal service. I was messed up. One service, you can't say nothing. The other service, ah, they're just crazy. And so as a kid, I'm just like going to this crazy service. And I'm like, what are they doing? And I don't live with my dad, but I go every other Sunday to a crazy, tongue-talking, aisle running pew-jumping, wall-demolishing, holy rollers. And I'm like, what's going on? And really, I've I've told this story before, but I, honest to God, thought my dad was paying those people to act the way they were. I really did. Because I thought my dad was trying to trick me into lifting my hands. And so in my little brain, my young brain, I'm like, ain't falling for it, dad. You ain't going to get me. And I would never move. But I remember when I was 15 years of age, I went to my very first camp, senior camp in Santa Maria. And I didn't have suit clothes. I had jeans and a shirt. I've never been to a camp before. I didn't have other clothes. So when I, And I loved to play sports. We never stayed at home. We were always outside playing. So I played football, I played baseball, I slid, I did everything. And my jeans were just grass stained and, and my shirt was smelly. And now they said, we're getting ready for church. Okay, I'm ready to go. And they're going, you're going to wear that? And I said, yep, it's all I got. They're trying, they didn't know they were trying to discourage me because I didn't have their suits and I was like well so I'm like God I'm going to church and I get there on my very first senior camp at Santa Maria and I'm in the back row Brother Bill and the preacher preached a message I'll never forget and that message was tell hell I ain't coming and I listened to that and all of a sudden there was a phone call and he made the phone call And the lady answered and said, Hell's receptionist, how can I help you? And the preacher said, cancel my reservation. I ain't going. I got the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden in that little 15-year-old boy had a desire for more of God. And I got the Holy Ghost and got it all over me. Got baptized in Jesus' name. I was just up there But listen, see how quick the enemy works. Quick discouragement works. I left a red hot service, and I go to my mother and her family, and we're sitting around the dinner table, and I told them about my experience. Said, I got the Holy Ghost, I was baptized, and they looked at me and said, You're brainwashed. you're a traitor to this Catholicism way because it's real big on tradition. And so for about, I don't know, four years, five years, I was kind of the outcast because I made up my mind I wanted more of God. You would think my family would be just ecstatic The ones that love me would be ecstatic that, Brother Brubin, I made a commitment to live for God. But they weren't. And I could have, Brother Victor, I could have allowed their discouragement to contaminate me. And it could get contagious. But I made up my mind. I want this. I want this Holy Ghost. That's why, Brother Eddie, when I see you in service, I am so proud of you, so godly proud of you. He comes, mom has come, and a lot of family has come, grandpa comes a lot, but they didn't do that when you first started. And there are times even when you leave a Holy Ghost service and you go home, it's not that spiritual godly environment. Not cast in stones, but it's not. But you made up your mind. I'm going to live for God. And he's doing his best. He's going to school and wanting to go to COC. You've got to make up your mind. I will not allow family, friends, naysayers, haters contaminate me with discouragement. I'm going to make up my mind like David did and I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. God is a good God. God is a great God. Thank God for his love. Thank God for his mercy. The Bible said the carnal mind will never discern the things of the spirit. And as a young man, I'm still today thankful that God saw fit to place his spirit into my my body and fill me with that baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm a grateful young man today. And if nobody else likes it, then I'm going to just encourage myself. So there'll be times that there won't be somebody come your way to encourage you. And that's why you got to make up your mind. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to do my best. Well, well, Pastor, how do you do that? Brother Alex, you can come. I have a lot of notes. We got to page one. But how, how, how do we... How do we get out of ruts? If you're in a, in a rut, if you're in a discouraging time in your life, how do you get out of it? Said it right, the word of God. Thy word is a light unto my path. <laughs> it helps me. This, this word is actually God. The Bible says in John 1:1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Every time I pick up, open up this Bible, it's God speaking through me. So when discouragement starts plaguing my life and starts knocking at my door, I get my nose in this book. Get my nose in the book that says, He'll never leave me nor forsake me. I get my nose in the book that says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I get my nose in the book that says thou art with me, that's why I won't fear because God, you're with me. I get my nose in the book. The next thing I do is I turn the cell phone off and disconnect from this world and I find a place and I start praying. God, would you help me? Nobody else believes in me. Nobody else is patting me on the back saying, way to go. Keep going to church. You're doing a great job. Nobody's doing that. I just feel like I'm left out. But God, I need you. I don't walk by sight. But I walk through faith. The word of God and prayer. Can I tell you the third thing to do, and it's it's a tough thing to do. Everything about God, if you really want God, you've got to learn to sacrifice. I'm talking about your money. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. The third thing is fasting. You say, well, pastor, I can't fast. I've got some health problems. Well, you can fast from some things. My boy and my girl, they were just In a service just a couple weeks ago, Brother Rincon had lunch with him today and he was in the same service and he's doing the same thing. And for three months, they have deleted all their social apps. No longer on social media. No longer watching movies. No longer just letting the world control them. Now instead of picking up the phone and surfing the web... It's picking up the Bible and surfing the Word. Sacrificing that way. But I tell you what really helps me. It's sacrificing food. Because I love food. Many times I preach about food. I love bread. I can't have bread. I love those biscuits at Red Lobster. Those garlic cheese biscuits. I used to work at Red Lobster. and When they'd come out of the oven, you just... Sister Wanda, the, the, the butter would just ooze off. And, and you would grab it. It would just kind of just melt in your fingers. Bacon, burgers, chile verde. Brother Victor posted his mama made menudo Sunday. But when you, start, when you start pushing the plate away... You really mean business. It's not easy to do, and what I'm telling you is not easy to do. But if you find yourself in a rut and you can't get out and you really need God to come in, you're going to have to do the three step program. Get your nose to the Word, get your face before God, and push the plate away. And do it right. Drink water, all that stuff. Make sure you're not killing your body, but you're really pushing down the flesh. And you're gravitating to the Spirit. I found for me that the first three days are the hardest. First three days of fasting, it's always hard for me. If I'm going for an extended fast, it's those first three days. But if I get past day three, man, the fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, and and on, becomes easier. And it's pretty incredible when I get into the presence of God. I don't have to just... Prime that pump. It doesn't have to be five songs to get me in. It's just I connect. I don't know what it is in, in your life that has that wedge there. It may be that garlic cheese bread, but it may be Facebook, maybe Instagram, maybe Snapchat. Whatever you're giving yourself to, cut that off and cling to Him. Maybe it's before you pick up your cup of coffee in the morning. Pick up Jesus in the morning. And just say, God, I need you. I need you in my life. Because every one of us are going to face discouraging times. And the times when you make those commitments, God, I'm going to do this, this, and that. Then all hell becomes to come on attack. But if you'll stay with your mind made up it says, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And here's the great part about it. When you start encouraging yourself in the Lord and you start overcoming that battle, then you're able to help somebody else. Because I've told you that the area of your greatest weakness becomes the area of your greatest ministry. You wonder, you go, God, why why did I have to go through that? And why did I have to go through that pain and that heartache? And and..." Well, because there's ministry in you. Because, Brother Rudy, what you've had to face and what you've had to endure, you felt like you were the only one. God's going to send you somebody. He already has, but He's going to send you others. That you're going to be able to minister to them the way God ministered to you. You're going to help, Brother Victor, the ones... where where you were discouraged and God came to you, you're going to help encourage others. That's why the Bible says as you freely receive, freely give. You give it out. That's that's the kingdom way. Selfish way is mine, mine, mine. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers, but the kingdom way says I'm going to give it out. I'm going to give it out to a little boy like that that loves church and loves God. God. Because mom and daddy, I didn't have that growing up. A lot of people, and I'm almost done. But listen, when, when, when we used to have kids that would run the church. If many of you remember, they just, they just run the church. And, and, and they came to me one time, they're like, Pastor, I don't think those kids need to run the aisles. Because they're not running the right way. I said, well, what is the right way? They said, well, you need to worship and you need to be in the Spirit. And I said, well, how come you don't run? Why do you always sit? We've got to stop learning to find faults in others. And we've got to start seeing God, I need to focus on me. I, I need help today. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Anybody just want to connect with Him? Anybody just want to get close to Him? not you stand to your feet tonight. I just, I feel a spirit of prayer. I feel a, a drawing of the Lord coming on us today. I, I know it's its early right now. I didn't go that long. But if you just take a few minutes and just connect with God and say, God, I'm in need of you. I, I'm in need of your service. I need to pray more. I need to give my life more to you. And there's a world that needs this. But God, i got to get me right. My mind, my heart, my spirit, my family and friends need this. But the only way they can get it is I've got to get it for myself. I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. I want to draw close to you. I want to make a commitment that I'll meditate upon your word. For you said, if I meditate on your word, I shall be like the trees planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth their fruit in his season. i have given my life. I'm giving my dreams. I'm giving my aspirations to you. Oh, God, help us, God, tonight. Come on. This is the way you get a discouragement. This is the way you walk into the supernatural. This is the way you encourage yourself in the Lord. I know things have been tough. I know the road has been rocky but there is a God that has heard every one of your prayers every one of your cries every one of your moans God knows where you are oh I love you God today I love you God today come on hallelujah I'm giving it to you God I'm giving it to you, God. Oh, it feels good in
1: this house. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Hallelujah. I just want you. Just want you. I just want you. Just want you. I just want you. Oh yes, I do, God. i Hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. I just want you. Your kindness Hallelujah. is forever. Oh, I Your
0: love you today, God. Is forever. I love you today, Your God.
1: Is forever. Move in our hearts. Forever. Move in our minds. Yes, your goodness is forever. Your mercy is is forever. forever. You I just want you. I just want you. Hallelujah. Don't
0: don't be held any longer with a spirit of discouragement. Don't let that control you anymore. But step out into encouraging ways for God. Stay here as long as you like. If you need to leave, God bless you. Amen. Put God first, seek Him. Find somebody, love on somebody.